Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Did you know that Black and White Sports is the largest independently owned conservative sports brand in the world? We have over 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 39 million views. Our episodes get more views than most ESPN programming every single day. And now we have exploded on podcast. We brought our episodes to podcast for you to enjoy at work, school, in the car, on the beach, wherever you choose to consume our audio. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Subscribe now. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up, use whipped cream, sugar, mop fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today. Black and White Network fans, we are back with another video and we're going to be talking about Mr. Juicy Smoothie, Jesse Smollett, his trial is going on right now. Actually, the jury has the case right now. 
they have retired for the evening. And I'm willing to bet, guys, we're going to get a, um, a verdict probably tomorrow. And I'm pretty sure we will cover it here on this channel because there is absolutely nobody, absolutely nobody that believes Jesse Smouye's claim that two MAGA hat wearing white men attacked him. Now, there is a bit of a twist here too. Juicy Smouye is on the, on the stand. And I'm willing to bet, guys, that this man is lying under oath. Lying under oath. However, he did mention the name of a CNN anchor named Don Lamont. You probably know him. He was actually, you know, doing shows with uh, Fredo and Fredo has been fired this week. And now there's calls for Don Lamont to join the ranks of Fredo and get fired from CNN because Juicy Smouye said that Don Lamont tipped him off that the police did not believe his story. But it doesn't take a genius really to uh, know that Juicy Smouye was lying about everything. Now, Don Lamont has not said anything about um, whether he actually texted uh, Juicy Smouye or not. And he's been pretty silent on it. Okay. And honestly, guys, the best thing for uh, Don Lamont to do is, I guess, is to remain silent. Because one thing that Don Lamont has going uh, in his favor is that Juicy Smouye is a flat liar. He's 100 percent a liar. Nobody's buying his story here. So Juicy Smouye's credibility is non-existent, really. But uh, check this out, guys. CNN urged to fire Don Lamont over claim he tipped off Juicy Smouye. Anchor remains mum about whether he texted former Empire star that cops doubted hate crime tell. So let's go ahead. Let's read this, guys. CNN has come under pressure to fire Don Lamont after it was revealed he contacted former Empire star Juicy Smouye to tell him Chicago police didn't believe his story. Smouye, who is gay, testified in court Monday that the CNN anchor sent him a text message warning a 39-year-old actor that detectives didn't believe his tale of being of being have had been beaten in the middle of the night by two white men wearing MAGA hats during a homophobic attack in 2019. Lamont 55 didn't mention the revelation on the show Monday night and remained mum about the explosive claim during another segment about the trial on Tuesday. Lamont, who is also gay, did not respond to a DailyMail.com request for comment. Republican activist. Jack Posobiec accused Lamont of obstructing justice after pulling it, pulling up a 2019 tweet where the anchor said he had he had talked to Smouye every day following the attack. Now, I did not know that right there. Hmm. Interesting. Today, we found out that Don Lamont was helping Juicy obstruct justice. He tweeted on Tuesday. Arthur Nick Adams also slammed CNN for not firing the anchor immediately. Quote, if Don Lamont tipped off Juicy Smouye about police investigating the hate crime hoax, CNN should fire him immediately. And you know what? Really, they should if this is true. The only problem is, is coming from 
the liar known as Juicy Smoothie himself. That's the problem right there. So CNN, I don't think they're going to jump the gun on this. Right now, they really don't have a whole lot of evidence to to actually believe that uh, Don Lamont tipped off Juicy Smoothie. Now, could it, is it possible? Yes. But the problem is, a known liar, Juicy Smoothie, is the only one that has said this. And Juicy Smoothie has no credibility. And I guess, you know, that's to Don Lamont's advantage right there. The calls to dismiss the host of CNN's 10 p.m. show, Don Lamont Tonight, come less than a week after CNN fired Chris Fredo Cuomo, another primetime host, for advising his brother, Governor Andrew Cuomo, in his sets, sets pest scandal, crafting statements for him and using his journalistic sources to investigate some of his accusers. CNN dragged his heels in disciplining Cuomo despite a swell of public outcry before eventually firing him on Saturday. Yeah, and what a bad week for CNN. You know, they have the old, the whole Cuomo thing, and now all of a sudden, Juicy Smoothie throws Don Lamont into the midst. And CNN, you know, they have to be investigating this. But like I said before, the only thing that got to go on is the liar known as Juicy Smoothie. They're going to need more evidence than that to really kind of uh, push forward with this because Juicy Smoothie has no credibility, none whatsoever. I mean, some of the things that are coming out during the testimony, man, they should actually throw Juicy Smoothie in prison for lying under oath. But I'm pretty sure that the verdict should come back guilty. But I'm not sure that Juicy Smoothie is going to get any punishment. None whatsoever. And I'm wondering if Juicy Smoothie will even have a career anymore. You know, but he's a crazy leftist. So there's a possibility, you know. But even the left has pretty much abandoned this guy because this story is unbelievable. I mean, Kamala Harris came out, you know, and was believing him at first. And then the news comes out. Uh, this is most likely a hoax. Even she kind of wanted to distance herself from Juicy Smoothie. Tim Young, a comedian and columnist for The Washington Times, wrote after Juicy Smoothie's testimony that Don Lamont uh, tipped them off to the Chicago PD, not believing the story, he should be the next to get tanked from CNN. Former Department of Defense intelligence operative and New York Times bestselling author Tony Schaefer also accused Lamont of doing what Chris Cuomo did. Really, a Don Lemon? Did you, uh, did you do for Juicy Smoothie what Chris Cuomo did for his sexual assaulting brother? Could be. But like I said, guys, you only got the word of one Juicy Smoothie, and that's pretty much it. Now, Don Lamont, he's trash. He's His show is absolute trash. Don Lamont lies out there a whole lot. But the only word we got to go off of is Juicy Smoothie himself. That's pretty much it. But CNN should do their due diligence here and investigate this because this is very, very troubling if this is true. If what Don Lamont actually, um, if, if Don Lamont actually did contact Juicy Smoothie and tipped him off, yeah, he should be gone. He absolutely should be gone because if that's true, you know, 
Juicy Smouye had time to get his story in order based off Don Lamont tipping him off. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. Don Lamont, could he be the next one to fall at the Clown News Network? It's a possibility, but all we got to go off of is the liar known as Juicy Smouye. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you next time. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, I want to be honest right now, okay? We're actually starting to see the mainstream media tackle the NBA and its relationship with China. You know, maybe us over here on black and white sports had a lot to do that do with that because we have been calling out the NBA and China for a very long time. Uh, Enos Cantor Freedom has been on the back of the NBA because of their relationship with China. And he's an NBA player. You even now have CNN, a CNN analyst actually calling out the NBA as well. Rose did a video on that. And now, guys, we have NBC Sports, Bob Costas, the ageless one. I mean, Bob Costas is like almost 70 years old. The man still looks the same as he did 30 years ago. But I digress. He was actually on with CNN, guys. And he even brought up the NBA and China and crushed him, including by naming LeBron James and Colin Kaepernick, you know, the former failed NFL player. Check this out. Bob Costas rips LeBron Kaepernick and China over here on Outkick. Bobby Burak. Let's read this here because he was actually on talking about the uh, the upcoming Chinese Winter Olympics. And as you guys know, Bob Costas always covers the Olympics. But let's read this here. The Biden administration announced Monday that the United States will stage a diplomatic boycott of the upcoming Beijing Winter Olympics in protests of China's human rights abuses. And ladies and gentlemen, that diplomatic boycott means absolutely nothing. And it even says it here, man. A person on CNN is actually agreeing with me about this diplomatic boycott. It says here on CNN Tuesday, Michael Smirkanish called the effort which does not extend to Team USA athletes half-assed. He's right about that. Smirkanish is correct. The boycott is meaningless. However, former Olympic broadcaster Bob Costas said he believes that NBA players will see the symbolic boycott as a threat to their relationship with China. Oh, yes, you can. You better believe that, folks. You absolutely better believe that. If the U.S. gets tougher on China, it will definitely hurt the NBA's relationship with China. Costa says this, quote, the NBA is up to his neck in China. Costa said China is a huge sports market. Basketball is especially popular there, but they will put up with not even the slightest criticism. Yes, because they will ban games quickly. Back a couple of years ago, when Daryl Morey, then the GM of the Houston Rockets, tweeted, stand with Hong Kong, Rockets games were suddenly off the air.
for an extended period in China. Actually, it wasn't just the Rockets. They banned all NBA games, all of them. But it goes on. He says, and the Rockets are one of the most popular teams there because Yao Ming was the first big Chinese Chinese star in the NBA. More recently, Enes Kanter, who grew up in Turkey, spoke out against China. Same thing. Celtics games are gone. Absolutely. When did NBA games go back to China? It's when the NBA officially became anti-American and became Marxist and kneeling for Black Lives Matter. Then the Communist Party of China said, we will put your games back on. But Costa says, quote, I can guarantee you that the feed of this conversation on CNN is gone. Yeah, because he's criticizing, you know, the NBA's relationship with China. China's not going to put up with that. But this is where he gets into the meat and potatoes of this. Costas then turned his focus to Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James. Quote, by the way, a lot of Nike's goods that benefit the likes of Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James is made in China. And those outspoken individuals, and in many cases, I think millions of Americans would agree with their positions on domestic issues. We don't believe that whatsoever. Kaepernick and LeBron James are complete hypocrites and complete liars. I'll leave it at that. But they are conspicuously mum when it comes to China. And no matter what the issues are there or here, and they are serious issues, they pale alongside what's going on there. Bob Costas is right. We're not a perfect country, okay? But we don't have nowhere near the atrocities that are going on over there in China. But Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James happily take those checks from Nike who get their money from China. Costas was one of the first and last sportscasters to speak out against China. In 1996, Costas, while hosting the event for NBC, said China was the one nation that had the means and the motivation to replicate what the old Soviet bloc and the Eastern bloc did with their sports machine. Costas said there was then an effort orchestrated from Beijing to have him fired. Now, I did not know that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because if somebody high up in the NBA started coming out and criticizing China, you know, somebody that's not a player, somebody, let's say Adam Silver's right-hand man, he'd be gone. No doubt about it. Uh, Credit to Costas and um, Smirkinish for speaking out on this topic. No one at ESPN, CBS, The Ringer, Bleacher Report, or NBC Sports will cover LeBron, China, or Kaepernick, honestly. So the cable news industry has to. And surprisingly, CNN is doing so right now. I never thought that I would actually be giving credit to CNN. Never thought I would do that. But when it comes to this whole China issue, folks, it's starting to gain some steam. I mean, Nike is under fire. LeBron James is under fire, but I don't believe that the mainstream media is doing enough to truly get to LeBron James. ESPN is going to have to step up. ESPN has greatly supported LeBron James and not asked him any hard questions whatsoever. But I don't don't believe ESPN wants to cross that line because ESPN, they're down with the BLM thing. They're going to ask LeBron James nothing but easy questions. They're not going to ask him his take on China. 
And I believe, you know, LeBron James only gives interviews with people that he trusts and are not going to ask him any hard questions. Now, Kaepernick is just a complete 100 percent professional victim. Okay, he's not an athlete anymore. He's cashing in because Netflix and Nike are paying him a lot of money to be a professional victim and nothing more. So I guess we kind of got a template of what LeBron James is going to move into when he leaves the NBA. He'll have to be a professional victim because Rose has talked about, you know, LeBron wants to get into politics. You know, maybe he'll he'll have to run in the People's Republic of California because his own state doesn't even vote the way LeBron James votes. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Bob Costas calls out LaChina James and Colin Kaepernick, calls him out for taking that Chinese dollar from Nike and Nike gets all his products from slave camps in China. Sad man. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, we're going to be talking about the Marxist NBA of China and Ennis Cantor Freedom. Now, we know that Ennis has been wearing shoes, criticizing the CCP, the leadership in China. He wore shoes that said free Tibet. He's been calling for freedom for Hong Kong. He's been calling for freedom for Taiwan. And the NBA has not backed him on anything. They have not said anything in defense of Ennis Cancer Freedom whatsoever. We know where the Marxist NBA of China's loyalties lie. They haven't said anything to support the free speech of Ennis Cancer Freedom. They have not done that. They didn't do the same thing with Daryl Morey either. We know where their loyalties lie. Now, jumping back to Ennis Cancer Freedom's free Tibet shoes, folks, it seems like it is actually worse than what we thought. We thought that Ennis Cantor Freedom was out there, you know, just wearing shoes and um, doing his own thing. And I always wondered, was the NBA doing something behind the scenes to silence him? And apparently, guys, that is exactly what the NBA apparently was doing. So check this out, guys. Over here on OutKick, NBA begged Ennis Freedom to take off shoes that criticize China. This is not a surprise to me whatsoever because the Anti-American National Basketball Association, also known as the Marxist NBA China, they're anti-American. But let's read this, guys. Boston Celtics big man Ennis Freedom, formerly known as Ennis Cantor, is one of the only NBA players willing to speak out against China's brutal dictator, Xi Jinping and the country's continued human rights violations. His willingness to speak out when so many of his peers have stayed silent has garnered him plenty of fanfare across the country. 
Now, I know many people are out on the NBA because of all the lies, their silence on China. But Ennis Cancer Freedom has been getting a lot of support from people that are anti-China. They're saying, man, you're doing a good thing. And some people say, you know what? I'll buy an Ennis Cancer Freedom jersey. But it goes on. But not everyone is pleased with his activism, including the Marxist NBA of China, which has a close partnership with China. Members of the association are apparently so upset with freedom that they've even attacked his choice of footwear. And it goes deeper into just the NBA. I'll get to that. Quote, before the game in Madison Square Garden, two gentlemen from the NBA begged me to take off, take the shoes off. Freedom told the New York Post of his decision in November to wear custom shoes that say free Tibet. And you can see the shoes right there, folks. Freedom, who grew up in Turkey and who officially became a U.S. citizen late last month, refused to comply with the with the request. Good for him. Citing his citizenship notes, which suggests he didn't need to. Quote, I was confused. I was getting ready for my citizenship test and I knew that the First Amendment is freedom of speech. And of course, you know, the Marxist NBA China doesn't care about freedom of speech. He goes on them telling me to take my shoes off went against my First Amendment rights. I said I would not take them off. I didn't care if I got banned or fined. Freedom told the Post. During halftime, I received a text message from my manager. All the Celtics games were suddenly banned in China. It took one half of a Celtics game with me wearing these shoes on the bench for the games to get banned. So apparently this is the bat story here of the Celtics games getting banned in China. I'm assuming that somebody in China was watching uh, the game on Tencent. And they saw the, the shoes that Ennis was wearing and they probably called up the NBA to get that muscle in and told him, no. Get rid of those shoes or we banning everything. And of course, you know, the Celtics games got banned. Per the post, the NBA denies that any employee of theirs asked freedom to remove his sneakers, which is unusual because the NBA is generally so willing to talk about everything, anything and everything related to China. <laughs> That's so funny right there. Now, of course, you know, the Marxist NBA China is going to deny this because what they're doing is anti-American and they're going to get so much backlash. Of course, they're not going to admit to it. Quote, they asked me if I would wear those shoes again and I promised not to. But I wore free Uyghur, Freedom told the New York Post, referring to a minority Muslim group that has endured horrific Human rights abuses in China. Yeah, they're slaves. Okay. Then concentration camps. Quote, the National Basketball Players Association, check this out, called me and harassed me. I told them to stop calling and texting me. So even the players, the players union calling Ennis Cancer Freedom and harassing him to stop criticizing China. Not a surprise, man. Not a surprise. When the Marxist organization known as the Marxist NBA China and the Marxist players are harassing this man because they don't want him criticizing China affecting their pocketbook. Despite the NBA's efforts to silence Freedom's voice, 
he won't be obliged, telling the Post, quote, now I am on a bit stage and there are so many dictators out there who are destroying people. God gave me this platform and I have to use it for the good fight. And now the NBA nervously waits for the other shoe to drop. Now, here's the thing, guys. Ennis Cancer Freedom's minutes got dramatically cut. I don't think this is a mistake, guys. I really do not think this is a mistake. The Celtics, I believe, are absolutely trying to push Ennis Cancer Freedom to the side, not playing very much because they want to get back into the good graces of China. Not a surprise to me whatsoever. The NBA PA texting and calling Ennis Cantor Freedom, harassing him. I guess, you know, they want to do the dirty work for the NBA and do China's bidding. This is not a surprise. I absolutely do believe that Ennis Cantor Freedom was being harassed by the NBA PA because they love their Chinese dollars. I absolutely believe that the NBA sent their muscle out there and asked him to remove the shoes, but they knew that they could really do nothing because if they forced forced him to really remove his shoes, I'm pretty sure Ennis Cantor Freedom would have raised hell in the media and the NBA would have got crushed. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. These kind of videos are always sad to make. But there is breaking news involving an ex-NFL defensive end that played for the New Orleans Saints and played at the University of Illinois' Glenn Foster. He has uh, tragically died, it seems, while in in police custody. We don't have all the facts in this at all, folks. We don't know the circumstances of the death. Uh, Drew Brees did actually put something out about this guy as well. Uh, it's crazy that I do not remember this guy um, playing in the league. He did play 17 games, had three sacks, and uh, one pass defense and several tackles for loss. He basically played two years in 2013-2014. Uh, but let's get to this story, and it's breaking Um, Let's start. They always do this from the opposite. TMZ Uh, right here law enforcement officials in Alabama tell TMZ sports Foster did die on December the 6th while in custody they added an investigation is underway and quote nothing further is available at this time former NFL defensive lineman Glenn Foster who logged three sacks for the New Orleans Saints in 2013 has reportedly died just two days after being arrested in Alabama he was 31 years old A Pickens County medical examiner official confirmed the December 6th death, according to NOLA.com. Though the spokesperson would not reveal the circumstances surrounding the passing, 
saying an investigation is currently underway. Jail records show Foster was arrested and booked on December the 4th on charges of reckless endangerment, resisting arrest, and attempting to elude. Oh, no. The records show he was later rebooked on December 5th with charges of simple assault and robbery. Yikes. It's unclear if Foster was still in police custody at the time of his death. We reached out to the Pickens County Sheriff's Office for comment, but it said the Alabama State Bureau of Investigation is handling inquiries, multiple attempts to reach spokespersons for the Alabama SBI have been unsuccessful. Foster, who starred at the University of Illinois, signed with the Saints as an undrafted free agent in 2013, played two seasons, recording eight, eight tackles in 17 games. He retired from the league in 2016. I can't really find the words to properly express. Rest in peace, Glenn Foster. You'll be missed. That's Tyron Armstead, his former teammate uh, at the uh, with the Saints. And let's go up here because there is another update. Foster was initially arrested around midnight. Reformed Police Department Chief Richard Black tells TMZ Sports an officer clocked Foster going 92 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone. But when the cop tried to stop Foster, Black says the former football player took off. According to Black, Foster evaded cops for roughly eight miles driving into a nearby town of Gordo, where Black says cops eventually deployed spike strips to get him to slow down. Black says Foster was ultimately taken into custody there, though Black says he was uncooperative, adding that cops did have to wrestle him to the ground in order to get the cuffs on him. He's an ex-defensive lineman. He's got to be a big boy. Um, Let's see. Well, he was 285 when he played, so he's a real big boy. Black says Foster was booked in the county jail on Saturday, but he said it was unclear exactly what happened to former Saints defensive lineman after he arrived. And Drew Brees did say something about this right here. Uh, Drew Brees mourns Glenn Foster's death. I'll always remember his smile. Drew Brees is speaking out on Glenn Foster's death, posting a touching tribute to his former Saints teammate on Tuesday. My heart goes out to family and friends of my former teammate Glenn Foster. The future Hall of Famer said Tuesday on Instagram, I always remember his smile and positive nature. And then he goes on to talk about the story. Packers linebacker Whitney Merciless, who played with Foster in Illinois, also shared his condolences on Instagram, saying, Rest in peace, brother. Uh, what I hate to see here in all this is, once again, we have a situation where somebody evaded arrest and they had to wrestle him to the ground because he was uncooperative with the police. I don't understand why that keeps happening. Cooperate and you will not be you will not be harmed. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. It happens over and over again. Now, his death was two days after being arrested, okay? And they said it's unclear whether he was even still in custody at the time he died. So there's a lot of facts that are going to come out on this. We don't know exactly what happened. 
Good Lord. And, and of course, a lot of this stuff always comes with the terms allegedly this and allegedly that. Uh, you know, you hate to see anybody lose their life. Um, but, you know, God, you hate to see somebody driving 92 miles an hour and then won't stop for the cops. And then when you do, you fight back with the cops. Good grief, the NFL. Um, tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. We're going to stay on top of this like we did Henry Ruggs and Zach Stacy. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Sports. Well, I'm not sure there is any more of a hated athlete out there than Tom Brady, the GOAT. That's right. Uh, Tom Brady has been named the SI Sports Person of the Year. And as you can expect, people involved in the media are going to come out and say that there may be other people that are more deserving. Now, we're talking about a 44-year-old quarterback that has defied all expectations involving age. He's breaking records. He left the greatest coach in the history of football, Bill Belichick, switched conferences, and won another Super Bowl, this time in the NFC, number seven. This year, he's literally leading the betting lines right now. We're talking after week 13 for the most valuable player. But the media is coming out and questioning him having won this award, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's even more ridiculous when you start throwing out names from people involved with the WNBA, completely irrelevant sport, or somebody that drug up and quit during the Olympics like Simone Biles. If you're going to be considered for this award, in my opinion, for said particular year, there needs to be the word championship involved, or I just don't want to hear it. But there are members of the media, most notably if you think about Nick Wright that's on Fox Sports, that just will never give Tom Brady his due, or this gentleman right here from Yahoo Sports. Good God. The year is almost over, and in the eyes of Sports Illustrated, Tom Brady stands alone. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback has been named the SI 2021 Sports Person of the Year, the magazine announced on Tuesday. It is the second time Brady has won the award, having also taken it in 2005 after winning his first Super three Super Bowls in four years. And there's the cover. Very cool. Yeah. Tom Brady's SI's 2021 Sports Person of the Year. Whatever you think of Brady, it seems certain that 2021 will go down as one of the greatest years in his lengthy and decorated career, having leaving behind two-decade career with the Patriots under Bill Belichick, Brady cemented his legacy with his record seventh career Super Bowl title, which gives him more than any single team in the NFL. At the age of 44, 
looks well on his way to another great year, leading the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns, and sitting as the betting favorite for a fourth MVP. It was a big year for Brady, but there were other big years in sports. Here are a few that may have an argument. Giannis. After years of regular season dominance and playoff frustration, the Greek freak finally broke through and led the Bucks to their first NBA title in 50 years. He entered the year just having committed to the Milwaukee Bucks long-term and will exit it as a champion, one of the most beloved athletes in Wisconsin history. Okay, out of everybody on this list, Giannis might be the only one that, in my opinion, has got an argument. The next one, Sonny Lee and Simone Biles. Are you kidding me? That's got to be a joke. No moment was more dramatic in Olympics this year than when Biles, quite possibly the greatest gymnast in the sport's history, dropped out of competition due to twisties. Gymnastics equivalent of the yips. Lee stepped up like a few athletes ever have won gold to continue the team's USA dominance. In the event, while Biles worked through her issues and later delivered one of the most inspiring bronze medals you will ever see on a balance beam. Third place. Okay, no. Shonate Otane, even Babe Ruth couldn't top what the Angels two-way star did. Otani hit like a star, pitched like a star, and created combinations of numbers that baseball had never seen before, leading to a well-deserved L.A. MVP award. Somewhat of an argument, but again, we're talking about no championship. Candace Parker, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna recognize that. A sport nobody cares about. The WNBA is not even relevant. Nikita Kucherov, winning a championship is hard. Winning back-to-back championships is even harder. Winning two championships in the span of ten months, come on. He led all sto- scores in the NHL playoffs for the second straight year, and may have the Lightning on track for a for dynasty consideration it's a valid point i still don't think it beats a 44 year old uh having won another super bowl his seventh in yet a different conference in the most watched league in all of the country i mean look the nhl is is a good league it's uh probably considered the fourth sport and honestly, this guy does sound like maybe he's got a better argument than Giannis does. Allison Felix, the United States, has some very good track and field stars, and now none of them have as many Olympic medals as Felix. With one more gold and bronze in Tokyo, the 36-year-old Felix now owns 11 medals across five different games and will go down as a generation-defining athlete in Team USA. Okay, somewhat of an argument to be made there, I I would guess I would say. And then it talks about college athletes. We're getting a little outside of the box here, but try to find a bigger winner in 2021 than elite college athletes who can now directly profit from labor thanks to the NCAA finally giving up its amateurism defense. And then it goes on to try to give the award to fans. Get out of here. Uh, So... The mainstream media doesn't want Tom Brady to just be able to win this award. The media's got to put up a fight over it. Again, 44-year-old doing something that nobody ever dreamed was possible in the NFL. Not only still playing, winning championships, contending this year again for another championship, 
and may very well win another Most Valuable Player award. But we know, and I'm just going to keep it real here, ever since he once had that MAGA hat in his locker room, there has been a media defiance, mainstream media defiance. Yahoo is definitely an offender there in hating on Tom Brady. We see a lot. People just won't, will not give him his due. Shannon Sharp tends to take shots at him. It's just something about, and they always want to elevate Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. No, Tom Brady is the damn goat, and it's not close. The only one in football that's even got a remote argument is Joe Montana with four rings. And after that Atlanta Falcons come back, the greatest thing I ever witnessed in sports in the second half of that game, even that argument went away. Michael Jordan's the other one, at least historically, but Jordan's not playing in 2021. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, this is a follow-up video to a video I put up yesterday on Black and White Live. As you guys may already know, starting January the 15th, all NBA players that are not fully vaccinated will not be allowed to enter into Canada to play games in Toronto. Now, if you're a Toronto Raptors uh, player, I guess essentially also you will not be able to play in any games at home in Toronto. Now, one thing that I kind of missed here in this story and I felt like I should actually put it on this channel. It kind of goes a little bit deeper here because the NBA is actually going to be punishing players that have not received the jab. And if you are a foreign player that is here in the United States, only temporary on a visa. If you make this error here that we're going to be talking about here in this video, essentially you will be banned from returning to the United States. Check this out over over here on ESPN. NBA memo warns unvaccinated players in United States, Canada about cross border travel. OK, so let's read this. Any unvaccinated NBA player with temporary visa status, that is the key right there, who leaves the country will be unable to reenter the United States, according to a memo obtained by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on Tuesday. Now, when I first read this, I was like, how in the world is the NBA actually going to be banning players from re-entering the United States? I missed the part about temporary visa status. So this only applies to non-U.S. citizens that are here just for their job. Okay. Now, I'm pretty sure that may only be a small, minute number of players. But you guys also got to remember here, the NBA is also changing the rules on fully vaccinated. To be fully vaccinated now, I believe this is actually coming up in the next month, if I'm not mistaken. To be considered fully vaccinated by NBA standards is you will have to have your booster. OK, now, I believe, according to reports, roughly 
60% of NBA players now have the booster jab. Now, it says here, for example, a player who is not vaccinated against COVID-19 would be unable to re-enter the United States after playing in Canada. Now, the same applies if an unvaccinated player travels outside the United States during during NBA All-Star Weekend. Okay, now, Canada, I don't even know how a player would actually get into Canada when Canada's already said, well, you got to show your papers to even get in here. But I guess, you know, some kind of way, if a player was able to get into Canada, play a game, and then they find out that this player is a foreign player. I mean, non-U.S. citizen, I should say. And he doesn't have the jab. He's not going to be able to re-enter the United States. Essentially, you know, he will be fired and there's no telling when he'll actually be able to return to the U.S. However, also. They bring up All-Star Weekend here. Not even sure exactly what an All-Star game is uh, this season, but if you're a foreign player, you're like, you know what? I'm not an All-Star this year. Let me go home to my home country and then I'll return back. However, if that player does not have the jab or the booster, that player will not be allowed to re-enter the United States. So essentially, guys, the NBA has found a way to deport foreign players. I find this very, very funny, folks. I really do. Uh, The NBA informed teams on Tuesday that unvaccinated players will no longer be allowed to travel to Toronto to play games beginning January 15th, according to the memo. Teams are instructed to distribute the memo to all players by Friday. New Canadian law mandates that all visitors entering the country must be fully vaccinated. Under the law, anybody who meets the criteria for limited exceptions would be allowed entry into Canada, but would have to quarantine there for 14 days. Now, that doesn't really work well for NBA teams because when you go on a road trip to Canada to play the Raptors, that's just one game. And then you got to leave. There's no way in the world, you know. An NBA player could actually quarantine for 14 days. Just would not work. Uh, Teams must furnish the the league office with a list of unvaccinated players by Friday. The memo said the NBA says 97 percent of its players are fully vaccinated. And sources told ESPN that more than 60 percent have received booster shots. So there you have it, guys. That is the NBA The way they're operating, I'm pretty sure they didn't even run this by the NBA PA. At least I don't think they have. I don't know how the NBA PA feels about this. If a player in the United States only here on a temporary visa just to work, how do they feel about this player being barred from returning to the United States to play for his team? I mean, is this how the NBA is going to actually operate, you know? Finding and suspending players. Essentially, you know, a player that doesn't have the jab is going to be suspended for, I guess, the entire season or until the NBA says, you know what? We'll allow you to actually come back. But if a foreign player messes this up right here. Essentially, you know, his season is pretty much done. Maybe his NBA career is probably done as well. I'm not really sure. But what do you guys think of this? The NBA has essentially figured out a way to deport 
foreign players who leave the country. They're not going to allow them to actually come back unless they get the jab. So this is just another way for the NBA to force a mandate on foreign players without actually going through the NBA PA. So essentially the only way a foreign unvaccinated player could return to the U.S. is to get fully jabbed up. I guess you have to get that overseas or maybe, you know, they'll work with the uh, league to make that happen. I'm not really sure. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. The NBA is now playing Border Patrol. I find this really, really funny, guys. Very, very funny. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, we are not in the gossip business over here on this channel. We are not the National Enquirer, but... This story we're going to be talking about here is pretty wild, folks. Really, really wild. Now, yesterday we found out that Jalen Rose and Molly Kiram are getting a divorce. Actually, folks, they have been separated for almost a year. They've been married about uh, three years now. And Rose did a video on that on the live channel about their upcoming divorce. Now, I didn't see it coming at all. Rose had actually texted me about it. I was like, wow. That's interesting right there. But I didn't think now, folks, that the floodgates of rumors would actually be getting out there like they are now. Now, take all of this with a grain of salt, folks, because the websites that we're going to be looking into here, not websites that I've heard from ever. I've never heard about these websites ever. This isn't, you know, mainstream or legitimate uh, sources, but. The mainstream media, when have they been? When was the last time they were actually legitimate anyway? But check this out, guys. Over here on MTO News, which I've never heard of before. ESPN Shocker. Rumors that Jalen Rose's wife, Molly, now dating Stephen A. Smith. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the website here that broke this rumor. Okay, now. They're saying that they're dating, but apparently it's actually coming from employees over there at ESPN. Now, this site is, isn't the only one. There's another site here, heightzone.com. They're um, kind of diving into this, too. Molly Kiram and Stephen A. Smith relationship. Was she cheating on Jalen Rose with him? Wild rumors. And also another one here on, I guess this is uh, Os- osmo.com. Wild rumor Jalen Rose's wife, Molly, is dating Stephen A. Smith. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. The news just dropped yesterday and now people are just running with these rumors. OK, and they are nothing more than rumors at this point. Nothing has been confirmed. And chances are, folks, is probably not true. And me, myself, I'm not buying this. I'm just not. But I'm just reporting what's out there. Let's read this here. 
there there is an explosive rumor going around among employees of ESPN. Word on the curb is that Stephen A. Smith may be dating Jalen Rose's estranged wife, Molly Kiram. MTO News has learned. Funny, you know, that no other uh, mainstream outlets actually reporting this. Could it be true? Yeah, it could be true. But I definitely have my doubts about this. Yesterday, the world was blown away with reports that Jalen filed to divorce Molly after a little more than two years of marriage. According to Jalen's divorce documents, he and Molly have been separated for the past year. Molly has yet to respond, respond to the divorce filing. So it's not clear whether she agrees with Jalen's separation timeline. MTO News spoke with two ESPN employees, so they're saying they talked directly to ESPN employees on this. Okay, who work close with Stephen A. and Molly and both said that they suspect, okay, suspect that the two may be dating. One employee explained she's definitely Stephen A.'s type, a non-black woman with exotic features. Molly is ethnically mixed Italian and Albanian. Now, I don't know the type of woman that Stephen A is into. I just don't. The other employee told MTO News, quote, they flirt a lot on camera. I thought it was all just play, just play, play. But now that we have learned she's been single for a year. Yeah, it seems like something is up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. They talk about. There's a video here of them flirting. I'm not even going to play this, man. I'm not even going to play this. I don't believe that there's really any uh, any meat to this rumor whatsoever. I believe somebody probably just end up making up something uh, now that um, it's official that Jalen Rose and Molly Kiram are getting divorced. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a long list of uh, men that are going to try to move in. Maybe Stephen A is trying to make his move. I don't really know. I can't tell you that. But this article here, uh, was she cheating on Jalen Rose and him? Uh, I haven't heard this rumor either, but uh, I, why, why even bother with this article here? Why? Her and Stephen A have been uh, working together for many years now. I don't think there's any evidence whatsoever that they're dating at all. I mean, Stephen A is also a bit older. Than her, I believe Molly's like 36 and Stephen A is what, 54? But hell, Jalen Rose is like 48. So maybe she's just into older guys, you know? But uh, what do you guys think of this? This is a crazy, crazy rumor, folks. An absolute crazy rumor. Do you actually buy this that Stephen A and Molly are dating? I'm going to give this a 3% chance of being true. Just three, just because it's out there. And Molly, she's single now. So maybe Stephen A, maybe he wants to move in. I don't know. I don't really care to tell you the truth, man. But I just find that these rumors dropping out of the sky like this a day after Jalen Rose breaks the news that uh, that him and Molly are getting um, divorced. Was Stephen A the reason why they got divorced? I'm not even going to go there, guys. I'm really not going to go there. These are nothing more than rumors. Just crazy crazy rumors that's just my thoughts on this what do you guys think of this black and white sports fans Stephen a smith dating molly kiram this almost sounds hilarious and funny to me it really really does 
I'm not buying this rumor, but I needed to tell you guys what's out there on this. Cause when this passed my, uh, my laptop screen, I was like, what? That's the first word that came to my mind. What? Not buying it. Just not buying it. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to black and white sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, this topic that we're going to be talking about in this video, it has to be a joke. It absolutely has to be a joke. But, you know, guys, we're living in the era now of woke sports. So it's not a joke. It's absolutely not a joke, guys. So we're going to be talking about Time magazine. They have named their athlete of the year. And no, it is not Novak Djokovic. It's not Tom Brady. None of those guys. They name Simone Biles. The athlete of the year, Simone Biles, who did not win anything. Remember, she showed up to the Olympics, right? And we did many videos on this, folks. And she quit on her team. And she took a lot of criticism. But, you know, the woke media was out there shilling for her. They say, oh, stunning and brave and all this. Simone Biles changed the story as to why she actually quit. It went from, you know, I'm dealing with mental health stuff to. I have the twisties. She couldn't get a story straight folks whatsoever. But however, the woke sports media at Time Magazine, I guess, you know, they're perfectly OK with that because they have named her athlete of the year. So let's go ahead. Let's read this. You can see the cover here of Time Magazine with Simone Biles on the cover. It says here the athlete of the year isn't Super Bowl champ Tom Brady. Or gold medal winning gymnast Suni Lee. Yeah, they could have made her uh, the athlete of the year because she actually won gold. Simone Biles did not. But let's move on. It continues on. It says, it's Simone Biles, according to Time Magazine, who ironically receives the accolade for not performing. Yeah, she's getting this because she quit. Let's just keep it real. Even on TMZ Sports here, it reads, it's a controversial pick. Check Twitter by time who selected the 24 year old four time Olympic gold medalist as the recipient of the prestigious award or honor. I should say. Yeah. If you go over there to Twitter, I looked at it. Yeah, it's definitely controversial. People are calling them out. Some people are praising. Uh, oh, this is a great pick and everything like that. The other people are saying what I'm saying. Wait a minute. You're giving this honor to her because she quit. Of course, Biles pulled out of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics after struggling with mental health issues, including the twisties, where a gymnast becomes disoriented in the air, dangerous when you're tumbling in the air, causing her to pull out the games. Now, my problem with her is that she did not come out initially and say she had the twisties. She waited until she performed badly, dropped out. And then days later, she came back and said she had the twisties. However, she said she was actually struggling with the twisties 
just before the Olympics started. She never brought that up until it was too late. At the time, Biles cheerfully explained her decision to withdraw, explaining she was seeing a therapist to help uh, battle her demons, saying, I have to focus on my mental health and not jeopardize my health and well-being. And you know what? She kind of set the trend for other athletes going forward because Naomi Osaka in, um, in tennis, now we've done videos on her too, she has basically quit the sport. Naomi Osaka has pretty much fallen off a cliff. She showed up to the Olympics, didn't perform well. She has done nothing. And, you know, she says she's not having fun playing. So I'm, I'm just thinking, you know what? Retire. Retire. I don't believe that Naomi Osaka is going to win a Grand Slam again. Now, the future for Simone Biles, I'm not so sure either. I mean, she's 24 years old. And uh, when you talk about gymnastics, that's starting to get get up there in age. Biles was widely celebrated by fellow athletes and fans across the country for putting a spotlight on mental health. However, there were also detractors who say Biles flat out quit on a team and country, insisting there's nothing to celebrate. No, there isn't. Count teammate Suni Lee, who was who recently was named Athlete of the Year by Sports Illustrated, along with swimmer Caleb Dressel. Yeah, because they won. They have no problem with them being named Athlete of the Year. Simone Biles, I believe she got a bronze medal and I believe she actually got a silver medal because of her team and that accomplished right there. But it goes on, it says, firmly on the side of those who say Biles positively changed sports forever. What Simone did, and this is uh, coming, I believe, from Suni Lee, quote, what Simone did changed the way we view our well-being 100%. It showed us that we are more than the sport, that we are human beings who also can have days that are hard. It really humanized us. And Biles is animate. She wouldn't change a thing about how she handled Tokyo. Quote, I was torn because things weren't going the way I wanted. Simone told Time saying, but looking back, I wouldn't change it for anything. And this is the new era of woke sports, ladies and gentlemen, where you can quit and you still can be the athlete of the year. You know what? I have a lot more respect for athletes that actually overcome adversity. I'm pretty sure you guys remember Brett Favre. I think it was the day his father died or the day after his father died. And Brett Favre went out there, made no excuses whatsoever, and threw a party. It was one of the all-time great moments out there, folks. I remember uh, Byron, Byron Leftwich. Now, this wasn't mental. This is when he was at Marshall. The man could not even walk and he did not get out the game and he was leading the Thunder and Herd. And when the play was over, his teammates had to carry him to the huddle because he could not move his leg. He did not quit. Brett Favre did not quit. Man, the sports media is just going to celebrate athletes that are just mentally weak. And I don't like it, folks. I really, really do not like it because the biggest stars in these sports seem to be mentally weak. Novak Djokovic definitely deserve uh, more recognition for this award. Tom Brady uh, and Rogers was the MVP of the NFL. Not Simone Biles. Simone Biles just flat out quick. 
She quit on the team. She quit at the Olympics. And I really don't have any respect for quitters whatsoever. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Black and White Network fans, we are back with another video and we're going to be talking about the verdict in the Juicy Smoulye trial. I've been waiting all day to find out the fate of Jesse Smollett. I knew that this would be today. The jury really didn't need to deliberate that long. In total, I believe they uh, deliberated for uh, nine hours. But however, there was six charges. So it's really, really not a long time. And as expected, folks. Juicy Smoulier is guilty, guilty on five of six charges. The only one he got off on, got off on was um, a felony disorderly conduct. That's it. Each guilty verdict on the charges, I should say, carries three years. He can get up to 15 years in prison. Now, of course, guys, I don't believe there's anywhere in the world he's going to do 15 years. As some people believe he won't do any time at all. But I believe that he needs to do some time to send a message because this this man wasted millions of dollars uh, of the Chicago Police Department's money investigating a hoax. Juicy Smouye said that two white MAGA hat wearing men came up to him, told him this was MAGA country in a polar vortex in Chicago and beat him up and put a noose around his neck. Did not happen. It was two black Africans that Juicy Smouye paid to attack him. So here we go, guys. Juicy Smouye found guilty of five charges in race baiting hoax crime. And by the way, guys, Black Lives Matter say they stand with Juicy Smouye. They believe that the police department is racist, et cetera, et cetera. BLM has no credibility whatsoever. Guys, every black person I know, and I know a lot of black people because I'm black, none of them believe Juicy Smouye. But it says here, former Empire actor Juicy Smouye has been found guilty on five counts of felony disorderly conduct by a Chicago jury for making false reports to police that he was the victim of a hate crime in January 2019, the New York Post reported. Smouye was also acquitted uh, on one count of felony disorderly conduct. Each of the counts carries a maximum three-year sentence, totaling 15 years. The jury deliberated about eight hours Wednesday and Thursday after a roughly one-week trial in which two brothers testified that Smouye recruited them to fake the attack near his home in downtown Chicago in January 2019. They said Smouye orchestrated the hoax telling them to put a noose around his neck and rough him up in view of a surveillance camera and that he said he wanted he wanted a video of the hoax made public via social media because he wanted to make his public profile go up because he was in a contract dispute 
on Empire. He wanted more money. And boy, he hates the orange man. And guess who's laughing now? The orange man, I'm sure, is laughing at Juicy Smoothie because Juicy Smoothie says he comes hard at 45. And now Smoothie is a convicted felon because of his Trump hate. Smoothie testified he was the victim of a real hate crime, telling jurors, quote, there was no hoax. He called the brothers liars and said the $3,500 check he wrote them was for meal and workout plans. His attorneys argued that the brothers attacked the actor who is gay and black because they are homophobic and didn't like who he was. <laughs> this is funny, guys, because there was like text messages released in court where he was telling the guys they didn't do nothing wrong and uh, he loved them. But yet in court, he says that those guys are homophobic and they didn't like him. Okay. They also alleged the brothers made up the story about the attack being staged to get money from Smollett and that they said they wouldn't testify against him as Smoothie paid them $1 million. <laughs> oh boy, guys, this is absolutely hilarious, man. This is so funny. And according to uh, Fox News here, when the verdict was announced, it says uh, Smoothie was stoic as a jury read the verdict. The actor sat upright and stared straight ahead without showing any real emotion. Of course not, because he knew he was guilty. This man knew that he lied. I mean, this man should have known he was going to be guilty from from jump. And you know what? Maybe he should have been convicted on all charges. I mean, this was a slam dunk right here. I mean, Juicy Smoothie was so guilty just the way that Kyle Rittenhouse was not guilty. I mean, it was a slam dunk. Uh, Judge Lynn said he will order a pre pre sentencing investigation and attorneys will meet uh, via conference call to determine a date for pre sentencing motions. The judge also said the jury will not be speaking to the media today if they ever choose to. He is also having deputies escort them to their cars. Yeah, I agree with that, man. So Juicy Smouye guilty. And if there's any rights out there, then you are an idiot if you're going to go out there and burn something in the name of this idiot right here. Black Lives Matter. Go home. Go home. Juicy Smouye is a horrible human being. Absolutely terrible. He tried to use his skin color. He tried to use use his orange man hate to to better himself, you know, to get more money. He didn't care about any black person out there. This is ridiculous. The half white actor, Juicy Smouye. I hope he goes to prison, you know, hopefully for the whole 15 years. But chances are. He'll probably only get probation, which means nothing. The man should at least get five years, if you ask me. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and White Network fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Network, and we'll catch you next time. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Well, I knew it would happen. After, after the game was over, I was waiting. 
I was like, somebody is going to decide to throw Mac Jones under the bus and drive the bus over him because he attempted three passes last night in a New England victory. I thought it was a brilliant game plan. I loved the game. It was a fun game to watch where Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels made a Look, made a decision to run the ball down the throats of the Buffalo Bills. And that's exactly what they did. And I think there's a couple of things in, in, in play here. Number one, the weather was terrible last night. It was really bad, although Belichick did try to play it down afterwards, saying, oh, we played in way worse weather than that. But I knew somebody in the media was going to come out and hammer Mac Jones over these three passes. You see, there's a narrative out there that if anybody doesn't like Jimmy Garoppolo, they always refer back to the eight pass attempts he made in a playoff game versus the Packers. By the way, the Packers could not stop the Niners running game in that game whatsoever. I mean, they were breaking off six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve yard runs over and over and over again. And after the game, Kyle Shanahan was asked, why didn't you let Jimmy throw any more than that? He was like, would you, when you could run the ball like that, was there a reason to have him throw? We were, when we're running the ball like that and they can't stop us, same thing last night, and Buffalo played a good game defensively. But New England, you could say, made an absolute effort to play a safe game. Well, Skip Bayless has come out, and he's now hammering Mac Jones and comparing him to Tom Brady. And you guys know I love Tom Brady. Hell, his picture's right above my head right there. That is that is him holding his New England Patriots jersey, him wearing all of his rings in his Tampa Bay jersey. And uh, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, one of my favorite players ever. Okay, but you guys know I know I'm very high on Mac Jones as well. I think he's far and away the best rookie that came out of the, this classic quarterback. Um, but I knew it would happen. I knew it would happen. I was like, oh, here comes the Jimmy G narrative um, when it comes to Mac Jones. By the way, Mac Jones is a rookie, too. Mac Jones completed two of three passes. Tom Brady would have owned this game. Skip Bayless destroys the Patriots quarterback after a rush-heavy game versus the Bills on Monday Night Football. Okay, I, I don't get this, but all right. Mac Jones played in probably the most bizarre game of his career after attempting only three passes, something that Skip Bayless feels Tom Brady would have been much better at. We don't know that because that's not the game Josh McDaniels chose to call. I, I'm not sure why this is being lost on Skip, but okay. The Patriots entered the Monday Night Football battle against the Bills, with a lot on the line, the Patriots held the number one seed in the AFC the AFC, and the AFC East, but a loss would have dropped them in both categories. Of course, a loss wouldn't have destroyed the Patriots as they have a rematch with Buffalo in Week 15. Yeah, but it would have been a little bit more devastating than that because Buffalo was very good in the division already this year. Faced with extreme weather conditions, the Patriots executed a simple but effective game plan centered around running the ball. In fact, they ran the ball 46 times, and they only attempted three passes on the night. It was a brilliant piece of coaching from Bill Belichick, as even though the Bills knew the Pats were going to run the ball, 
They simply couldn't stop it. Well, that tells you a lot about what you need to know. If you know anything about Skip Bayless, you definitely know he's a huge Tom Brady supporter. Skip will go into the ends of the earth to defend Buck's quarterback, and he'll even find ways to insert him into conversations that have nothing to do with Brady. Case in point, today's game, Mac Jones finished tonight passing two of three times for 19 yards. Of course, by no means an impressive effort, but Jones understood the game plan wasn't going to be centered around the passing game tonight, and he simply fulfilled his role. However, Skip Bayless just found a way to roast him. Mac Jones completed two or three passes tonight. One was a screen. The other was an amazing one-hand catch on a windblown overthrow. When Brady was a first-year starter, he would have owned this game, as he did in the driving snow playoff victory over the Raiders. Whether rookie Tom Brady would have owned uh, had a better game against Buffalo is definitely some of heavy speculation, but it's speculation that you can expect from, from an analyst like Skip Bayless who heavily favors certain players, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. And I got no problem with the fact that Skip Bayless uh, is a huge Tom Brady fan or a Michael Jordan fan. I think that's great. But what this has to do with Matt Jones, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, Jim, just like the Kyle Shanahan thing and Jimmy Garoppolo, I went back and looked. The average per per yards per play last night was 4.9. Okay, meaning essentially they were getting nearly five yards a carry every time the ball was handed off. So why wouldn't you go ahead and just keep running the ball like that? Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, found no reason to throw the ball. But I also have Another theory. They're going to go back. They got to play them. I believe it is in two or three weeks. They're going to have a rematch. It's going to be at Gillette. And um, I think Belichick and Josh McDaniels wanted to keep a lot of the passing game under wraps if they could, since the weather was as bad as it was, they wanted to keep some of that film under wraps in case they get into a shootout in the rematch. Okay, I, this was very, very much strategic on, on, on Belichick and McDaniel's part last night. This was not an indictment of Mac Jones's passing skills. The kid has been off the charts this year as, a, as an NFL quarterback in his rookie year. And something should be noted, too. Brady was, Brady was a first-year starter, but he was not a rookie, Okay. He had been acclimated in more training camps, et cetera, et cetera, all right, than Mac Jones has. Um, so it's it's not the same comparison. It's absolutely not. Um, wow, I don't know how much more a, a rookie quarterback would have to do this year in order to show how great he's been playing. But I've noticed something with Mac Jones. There's going to be a section of people that have decided they're going to hate Mac Jones. I have noticed it. There's some media members that I believe are going to hate Mac Jones. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he's not that flashy running quarterback like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. No, he's an old-school pocket quarterback. Absolutely. I know that may seem boring to some people. I happen to believe 
great pocket quarterbacks are still what is needed to win Super Bowls. Again, only Patrick Mahomes is the one that's won one. All right. Steve Young won his after he learned to excel throwing in the pocket. It's still a thing, folks. Skip Bayless, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what the point of this was, except you wanted to shield Tom Brady. You could have found a different way to do it, but I knew it was going to happen. As soon as I saw, uh, as soon as I watched the game and I was like, wow, saw the stat line at the end, two of three, I said, oh, okay. They've got the Jimmy Garoppolo Green Bay playoff narrative now for all the haters of Mac Jones to, to grab onto. And they will bring this up for the rest of his career, this two of three performance. That's going to be a thing from now on. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Live. Oh, my goodness. College football took over the entire television spectrum over the weekend. All the championship games were this last weekend. And here we are with the ratings for all those college football games. We've also got the ratings for Monday night's big game, Bills, Patriots, that just happened. A bad weather epic between the two. I love those kind of games. And, of course, we've got the NBA ratings. Uh, welcome back, by back by popular demand, by the way, crying-ass LaChina James. That's right. Crying-ass LaChina James is back. And let's start with Monday night's rating. And this is going to be, and I guess ratings videos are back because the website that I use is finally back up. Monday Night Football's game on ESPN drew 13,279,000 viewers and it 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 grabbed a massive 5.51 in the 18 to 49 demographic. In case you're wondering, Manning Cast drew 1,630,000 viewers. Now, let's get to the college football because the ratings were huge. Georgia and Alabama, 15,277,000 on the viewership for that. Good God. That's total viewers. And in case you're wondering, 4,727,000 in the key 18 to 49 demographic. That is highly impressive. So, we know right off the bat, the SEC Championship beat Monday Night Football, and that's considering Monday Night Football was a massive game. Big Ten Championship game, that of course was Michigan Go Blue versus Iowa, the Hawkeyes, 11,658,377, good God. On that game, another huge rating. Big 12 championship, a little over 8 million viewers. Still a massive rating between Baylor and Oklahoma State. That's huge when you consider no Oklahoma in that game. 
no Texas in that game. 2,328,000 on the 18-49 coveted demographic. The Pac-12 ratings continue to be putrid, but Lincoln Riley is on the way to USC. You can expect those ratings to go up over the next several years. 4,247,000, That was Oregon versus Utah. Good game. But look, let's face it. You drop USC in there versus Oregon, and this thing does a hell of a lot bigger rating. Now, very interesting. A non-Power 5 championship game. Of course, Cincinnati is undefeated. They were trying to get into the college football playoff. They are in the college football playoff versus a very damn good Houston team, University of Houston. 3,415,919,000 in the key demographic. That beat the ACC championship game at 2,661,745,000 key demographic. Mountain West was 816,000, period. Now, let's get to the embarrassing NBA. Yeah, this is that last week rating I made a video on. Their highest regular season rated game, Warrior Suns, 2,377,000. That was the highest in like three years or something. And, of course, college football destroyed it. Uh, The Phoenix-Golden State game, 2,037,000. Knicks, good God. The Knicks and Nets drew 1,758,000. That's embarrassing. And way down here, the Celtics and the 76ers, a classic, a throwback classic on NBA TV, drew a pathetic 313,000 viewers. Good God. Uh, In case you're wondering, Friday Night SmackDown, 2,029,000 viewers. AEW drew 861,406,000 in that key demo. And uh, that's very impressive. Very impressive. By the way, Duke, Ohio State in college basketball drew uh, 1,310,000 viewers. And that actually beat one, two, three, four NBA games. Good God, the NBA is wildly pathetic on ratings, wildly pathetic. Sunday Night Football, by the way, drew 17,507,000 viewers. It should be noted, the SEC Championship was breathing down the largest football game of the week for the NFL, or or their largest, most hyped game, which is the Sunday Night NBC game. Uh, So that's it. The NBA ratings continue to be trash. They're hot garbage. College football is dominating. The NFL is drawing good ratings. And in case you're wondering what the hell's wrong with Rhodes' voice, I have been sick for about a month, and I'm pretty damn sure I got pneumonia right now. Uh, So, anyway, that's just a side note. If you're in case you're wondering, it's like, what the hell is going on with his voice? Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Now that my website's back up, that I got all my information from. 
we're going to have ratings videos again. And I, lo- I love doing them. They're fun. Crying-ass LeBron James, welcome back, LaChina. Peace, I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. Well, it looks like ESPN's number one power couple is filing for divorce or getting a divorce. And Jalen Rose filed for divorce from Molly Karam, the host of First Take. Of course, Jalen Rose is part of the NBA coverage across the worldwide leader in Woke. Well, let's get to this story. This is TMZ. Jalen just released a statement on the divorce saying he and Molly were separated for a year before officially deciding to break up. Quote, we both agree remaining friends and colleagues is the best course of action for our relationship moving forward. One of the sports TV's power couples had broken up. Ex- NBA player Jalen Rose filed for divorce from ESPN host Molly Karam. TMZ Sports has learned. The court records show Rose filed the docs earlier this year, kick-starting the process to end their two-and-a-half-year marriage. Sources tell us the breakup was amicable and both sides remain cordial. Rose first went public with the first take host in June 2016, and they tied the knot at a low-key ceremony NYC ceremony in July 2018. Jalen filed April 30th, 2021, just months after the couple starred in a Gatorade commercial together. Jalen says in the court docs the marriage broke down after Karen moved to Connecticut. Uh oh. It should be known in the docs Jalen does not want alimony and doesn't want Molly to have it either. We're told there was no prenup, and Molly does not want any spousal support. The breakup signs were all over social media. Molly previously included Rose and her name on Instagram and Twitter, but has recently scrubbed it from her accounts. On top of that, the couple hadn't been photographed together much at all in the months leading up to the filing, and Jalen and Molly also haven't posted each other on their pages in months. Yikes. However, Karam has shown public support for Rose even after filing in June. She spoke out about his struggles with deaths in the family in an emotional segment on First Take. Rose played in the NBA from 94 to 2007 before taking his talents to television. Karam previously worked at NFL Network. Both Rose and Karam still work together at ESPN. So, we wonder how that will go. They have decided that they will keep working together. And, of course, we know both of these individuals are massive virtue signalers at ESPN. Part of their social justice team um, that seems to be a prerequisite for going to work for ESPN these days. You have to spread a social message or you're not allowed to work there. Um so, we'll see. I doubt anything will come of it um, far as any drama on television. But maybe there'll be some drama behind the scenes. And it seems like nobody stays married anymore. So, uh, tell me what you think, black and white live fans. Peace. I'm out.
Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.